2: Hello, everybody. We are live from the National Cannabis Industry Association in Oakland, California, and I am here with Aaron Smith, the National Director of the NCIA, and I'm glad we finally got to sit down because I did want to talk to you, and you've been so busy. Um, First, I want to thank you for putting on such a great show.
1: Thank you, Kyle. This is uh, our biggest event ever, so glad to be able to sit here and and talk with you. It's always a pleasure.
2: I can tell it's the biggest. This is really nice. The traffic is really nice, and... uh, Man, this is really one of my favorite, favorite events, for sure. Not because I have to put on a suit and a tie, <laughs> but because it, it really is a well-rounded event. You have so many educational classes, so many things for people to do here. Everybody, uh, Everybody's not even bored by the third day. What do you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of fascinating topics to cover in the cannabis industry, and it, it's growing so fast that, you know, I think it was in a panel uh, or general session this morning with Steve D'Angelo, and he asked, you know, how many of you just got into the industry in the last year? And I about seventy-five percent of the hands went up. So there's a lot of new entrants into the marketplace that you know need to find out about best practices for being a responsible business operator. The policy issues surrounding cannabis, which are you know obviously more complex than any other industry that, that i could imagine
2: of course well that brings me to i'm curious to know you know how many years have you been doing this now
1: we launched ncia in december 2010 so we're coming up on sixth anniversary
2: very cool and so you know you see the whole gambit of industries in this
1: marketplace
2: and i'm curious what you could tell us uh what kind of new and interesting technologies you think are going to be up and coming
1: well, you know, what we're seeing is these strain review sites like that started Leafly is one that, you know, that everybody I think knows as a household name in this sure. industry. the genetic um, mapping. And the genetic mapping and mm-hmm. seeing seeing that information being, you know, compiled and made available to consumers mm-hmm. so that consumers can start selecting strains based on the mood that they're looking for. And then, of, of course, the technology that matches the strain to the, the retail outlet to acquire it. So, you know, I love seeing... You know all of these new new ideas that are that are coming, and also sustainable agricultural practices. Uh, you know we can't, as the industry is now a seven billion dollar industry, will be a twenty billion dollar industry in in five years. We can't be replacing the e- ecological uh, impact of, of you know criminal grows exactly. with an industry with a massive carbon footprint. Sure. So you know I'm really happy to see things moving, trending in that direction, and it's uh-huh. it also better for a cultivator's bottom line.
2: I agree. Regulation is very, very important both for safety of the consumer, and also to make a, uh, a valuable industry. you got to have regulation. of uh, You have to have sane same regulation. This is a really great organization, and I'm not just saying that I, I enjoy coming here. I've, I've spoken at your events before. Was there ever a time when you didn't think that this organization was going to fly?
1: <laughs> yeah, I be frank about that, that uh, it, there were some really tough times there in the beginning. When we started in 2010, that was kind of the first green rush. That was after uh, Obama was inaugurated mm-hmm. and we saw the coal Memo mm-hmm. come out and, and business, you know, for-profit for marijuana businesses were opening up for the first time in, in the state of Colorado. Mm-hmm. But shortly after that, we, you know, saw civil asset forfeiture threats all over the country dispensaries that were within a certain distance of schools or even Mm -hmm. daycare centers and such. And it really put a chilling effect on the industry for quite some time until things dramatically turned around in November 2012 with Colorado and Washington moving forward with with full regulation of adult use cannabis. And that was was really the the point at which everything turned around for NCIA and we started seeing some exponential growth.
2: Great! That has been so fantastic. The 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 legalization of recreational cannabis, the statistics that organizations like the police organizations are compiling are really doing a lot to discredit all of the negativity that people would like to associate with legalization. As we know, uh, this is a wonderful community of people. We're some of the most I feel we're some of the most conscientious, caring people in the world, and it's nice that we're not as marginalized, and we're soon, hopefully, someday we won't be marginalized at all.
1: Right, you know what's uh, what I think people saw pretty quickly in Colorado and Washington and Oregon is that legal marijuana uh, being sold through you know commercially through an open business in your community is not really that fascinating. It's just another.
2: Well, it's really something that has existed since the dawn of time. It's just existed in the dark, Right. and now we're bringing it into the light. And uh, some people are uncomfortable with that, but they really need to. Under- everybody really needs to understand that it's really not a new industry we're creating. We are creating a new industry in the sense of big business, but the small business has always been there.
1: Right, right, and so have the big businesses. They were just called cartels.
2: Right, <laughs> very good. Very good. So I want to talk to you a little bit about you know one of the things that is, that, that, that's a little troubling to me. We've known each other for a few years. You, you kind of know where I come from. I've always kind of represented the small grower. Uh, I'm a teacher and an educator, and I don't really necessarily go out and teach uh, facilities how to grow. I like teaching people how to grow. And one of the things that I'm concerned of, and uh, don't get me wrong, because I believe that commercialization is not only inevitable, I think it's important. It's an an important part in the normalization of the whole culture. I am a little bit afraid of commercialization over legalization. And what I mean by that is there's so much excitement around the business and there's so much money to be made that I'm afraid that maybe the culture is being left a little bit behind or just ignored. And I'm wondering if... Do you think that California can be a leader in the respect to set an example for unregulated personal cannabis?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, for one, the the industry does not have any economic reason to disallow personal cultivation, in, in my mind. It will always be probably a smaller percentage of the cannabis consumed is consumed by people who grow it for themselves. I think we should be looking at a market that looks similar to beer, where, sure, there's some giant... You know breweries that own a huge chunk of the market share, make you know cheap swill. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then you have your craft breweries that are flourishing all over the country, Mm -hmm. and then you also have your home brewers. And if anything, I think you know cultivating cannabis, you know somebody cultivating their own personal use cannabis, actually can give them an appreciation of of the plant and an appreciation of commercially produced cannabis. Sure. Uh, And then of course there's there's a whole industry around personal cultivation as well. So, and and I think that that it's really something, maybe a little kind of side effect of prohibition is that we have created a unique culture around cannabis and the cannabis industry that doesn't look like anything similar to any other business sector in this country. And I really want to make sure that we can maintain that even as we mainstream, you know, year after year, we're becoming more and more mainstream. Sure. Which is why we, you know, at this conference, uh, that's kind of an underlying theme with many of the panel sessions and the and the, the speakers that that you're hearing today and yesterday. I
2: really appreciate
1: that a lot. The
0: Grow Show with Kyle Cushman will return once we cultivate through this short commercial break. More flavor. (sighs) Cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash, and I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges.
2: You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase, and it gives you rewards points every time you use
0: it. Nice. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town. Only on Weed Firm Replanted. Available on the App Store and Google Play.
1: It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town.
2: Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers? From a hardcore party or- to the curious neighbor next door. Is
0: anybody
2: home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download.
0: Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing. Tommy Chong Show on Cannabis Radio you know about this podcast what i really want to do from now on is to solve
2: world problems i feel like my job is to calm everybody down and focus on how we can save this planet
0: the tommy Chunk podcast only on cannabisradio.com welcome to my world world Time to plant some more conversational seeds. You're listening to The Grow Show with Kyle Gushman, only on CannabisRadio.com.
2: Do you think that personal cannabis needs to be regulated at all?
1: Personally? Well, on a personal... Well, so NCIA doesn't take a position on this, to be be clear. Personally, I think that it's inevitable that there will be some regulation on something like this. Mm -hmm. A, A city is not going to allow you to grow marijuana, you know, a field of hundreds of marijuana plants in your front yard without a fence right sure so uh, so yeah I think that there's some, some place for sensible regulation around it and I, and I think that just like any other commodity you know you can grow vegetables for yourself sure. all you want but once it becomes a commercial operation you you need a, now, license. You need a license and exactly yeah, and so that's that's where the, the line should be that's changed.
2: what I'm I agree hundred percent I, I, I kind of think that the legislators would be doing themselves a favor if they focused on commercial legalization and just any, any cannabis that was not intended for sale really doesn't need to be regulated any more than you regulate what I put on my tomatoes at home or what I eat. But, you know, that's a little bit of a stretch. I'm just, I'm always for the culture. You know, I'm mm-hmm. trying to preserve the culture, and, you know, the culture's been very good to me. It's very important to me. Do you think that federal legalization, once it happens, will exclude personal cultivation, or do you think we'll be able to get that in there as well?
1: Well, my model legalization regime would be actually getting the federal government to allow states to handle these matters and which is similar to alcohol you know there aren't you know for, alcohol is regulated at the state level but it's legal at the federal level and i think that, that that's also i think more politically saliable because a member of congress from oklahoma or texas or somewhere that's probably not going to have you know any large scale legalization program anytime soon mm-hmm. uh, it's easier for them to vote for states rights than it is for them to uh, vote for something that's in conflict with you know perhaps their constituents' opinion, so I think that that is an issue that should be left to the state and then and, and like I said in a lot of cases localities it's a land use issue. whether or not you can you know grow marijuana on a certain parcel of land you know, in a, you know under certain conditions, that sort of thing is usually left to state uh, municipalities within the state
2: mm-hmm. that does sound reasonable uh, getting on kind of a different subject. Can you comment on what, what you think it might take for uh, cannabis hemp to retake its rightful place in, in industry and textiles?
1: Well, you know, I think that, that we're much further ahead on that than we are on, you know, adult use or so-called recreational. Really? Well, because, you know, we see, you know, we've, we've had it in the, in the farm bill now, with Republican uh, members of Congress that from the, you know, the Bible Belt mm-hmm. actually are supporting bringing back hemp. So I think that, that, that we are making a lot of progress in that area and we'll see... That absurd the absurdity around that is that hemp is perfectly legal in this country as long as it's grown on the other side of the border and uh, I, I have more confidence that that will be resolved before we see any other type of legalization.
2: Do you think that America ever will be or is as American as apple pie and baseball?
1: <laughs> what is America? I mean I, it's, I think that we are a very diverse culture and there is no one America. Sure uh, you know I didn't business. mean to
2: put it in that sense I just meant uh, do you think there'll ever be a time when you know the center field wall at Safeco field you know rotates Budweiser and uh, you know oh. a brand of cannabis
1: Oh absolutely yeah yeah absolutely I think within' we'll be I think we're already seeing some of that I mean look look outside the, the hotel and the uh-huh. signage out there but I, you know I think in the next five years that we will be seeing that that uh, sort of marketing as also, you know, as we start seeing cannabis is actually beneficial as a as a replacement to alcohol mm-hmm. and another or an alternative to alcohol, there's you know a lot less fear around the public marketing and, and that sort of thing. You know, when I mean, we see these these outdoor advertising campaigns are limited by okay. city or state regulations, I think that you know as time goes on. Uh, We'll see that easing a bit.
2: That's great. You know, it's really interesting to me because cannabis has been such a big part of my entire life from the time when I was a teenager and I was smoking it to rebel. I'm really glad that I had cannabis as my rebellion being a fairly safe, innocuous substance. I'm kind of worried about the generations to come. What are they going to have to use to rebel (laughs) against their
1: their parents? Good good point. You know? (laughs) So,
2: but I guess, you know, everything uh, Everything is evolution, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, sometimes when people think it's, it's no fun anymore now that it's legal. But, right. But it's the right thing to do. You right. Know, we should, you know, never be putting people behind bars for... Using a substance that is by every measure safer than than alcohol, tobacco, pharmaceuticals, or over the counter medicines for the most part, as well.
2: You speak it a truth, man. And so, you know, I just want to thank you for uh, sitting down with me for a few minutes. I want to thank you for doing this conference. I'm going to continue to attend every chance I get. And just thank you very much for being yeah, here and putting you. on a good Always show. A pleasure. Aaron Smith, the national director for the NCIA. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank
1: you.
0: Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McKrispie sandwich, but you're the filet fish sandwich all day.